Here we go, guys. In the room podcast. Who's calling right now? Someone else calling me? I cannot believe you would call me right now. Somebody's calling me as soon as I went live, fellas. I cannot believe it. That's probably why I lost connection with you guys. Give me one second. Don't they know podcast etiquette? Yeah, I'm going to run outside. You guys say hello to the fans and the fighters. Everyone watching right now because we've got a few people on. Say hello, guys. I'll be right back because i got to go let in my secretary. Hey, guys, talk. What's going on out there? (laughs) So tonight we're going to talk about some, some news that we may have... Uh, not been able to talk about last week because it's pretty fresh. We're going to talk about the amateur ranking from NewEnglandMMA.org. Um, I think it's a pretty good show. Um, we've got some pretty good uh, feedback from other media organizations, if you will, about our rankings. Um, Ryan Jarrell um, has talked about it on his podcast, and a couple other people talk about it on their podcast, so that's super cool, so we appreciate that. I'm back, Steve, fellas. you back? Yeah, I'm back, fellas. It was a false alarm. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, someone was calling me on uh, on Messenger, and um, and um, they were killing my call. So anyway, guys, <clears throat> we're a little late tonight, but it's okay. Because more people, I think, are on than usual. Because we are coming on a little later. And tonight, we're going to talk mostly about the amateur rankings because last week we talked mostly about the pro rankings that we released. But before we want we talk about that, there was a couple little tidbits that happened online today, a couple or this week, as far as uh, matchups. And I think our rankings had a lot to do with some of them, uh, some of that, that chatter that was going on. So um, Lars, there was a big to do with Bruce Boynton and Matt Bissett, and you were really... Uh, High on that that fight, talking about getting that going. CES had a podcast with both of them guys on. I did not watch the podcast, but did you guys watch the podcast? And what did you get out of it as far as uh, that fight, if it's happening or not? Hey, Travis, go ahead. I, I just got out of it that uh, Bruce Boynton needs to get better cell phone service. That was one thing <laughs> I definitely had. No, he... he <laughs> He broke up a little bit, but I, it was actually cool to, to watch um, guys actually give themselves personas and and talk. I mean, they, they'll tell you all day that they're being real about this. Um, I'd love to see the fight happen. I mean, I feel like there's been enough publicity around the event that um, there's no question that CES would make money, Bruce would make money, Matt would make money, and we'd all be uh, happier for it. Yeah, I think it's in... It's, it's probably the most likely matchup to happen in New England right now if they can come to terms. Just obviously Bruce being the former 145 champion CS, um, Bissette being the current. Uh, Bruce never technically lost his belt. Um, so it'd be an interesting matchup. I, I think uh, that's what we all want to see. And you know, Bruce is uh, getting a little older, so I think now's the time to make the match. I'm not sure how many more fights he's got left, but I think he's like 40, 40, 41 years old, something like that. So he's yeah. getting up there. So, I, you know, I, I was kind of, when we were talking about them last week, I was more interested in maybe Matt fighting uh, a, a big name out of state or a young up and coming um, 
you know, young stud around here in the top of the rankings. But now that, um, you know, you're talking a little, I've heard what they had a little say on online. I would like to see this fight, even though Matt is demanding a couple of things out of Bruce as far as getting a quality win before he, um, he lets him go after that title again. But like you said, Lars, Bruce didn't lose the title. He gave the title up, and his, his loss was at 155 pounds, which uh, was against Manny Bermudez, which, come on, guys, if Manny was fighting here, he would probably be number one if he had a fight at, uh, you know, at featherweight uh, when he came back on the regional scene. So, I mean, the fight does make sense to me, I think, as far as um, that factor with them two guys. I mean, it's a money fight for both of them. I mean, depending on where it happens. I don't think Bruce sells a hell of a lot of tickets in, in um, as far as in Connecticut, if it was happening there. And um, in, even in Twin Rivers, I don't see him taking a hell of a lot of people unless it might be his last fight. He might take a couple of busloads. But as far as Matt, anywhere Matt fights, as far as Providence and the Connecticut Western Mass area, he's going to um, pack that place. So it's it, he's going to make money. Matt's going to make money. So I don't I I see his he wants a quality opponent, but I think he's playing with Bruce a little bit here. Hello. Yeah, I definitely think <laughs> I think he's playing with Bruce a little bit here too. Um, I mean, it, it it's great to have this conversation back and forth that we can talk about this, and it has to uh, do with number one and number two in our ranking. It's just. Um, these guys have been talking to each other for a long time about this. This isn't something that we just made up with our rankings. Um, this is a little bit of a beef that goes back a little while. Um, and, whoa, where did Lars go? <laughs> it's, all, it's all right. We're interchangeable here. <laughs> no, and uh, so I just think I just think it's the matchup to make. Neither of these guys have lost the belt at CES. This is... Um, I mean, I would really like Matt to let this fight happen. I don't, I don't think either of these guys have anything to lose from taking this fight. Honestly, it's something that we've all wanted to see. It's one versus two. It's Maine's finest versus, you know, south of Ma south of Boston's finest. It, it's just one of those things. It's needs to happen, um, and I hope they'll give it to us. Excellent. Well, let's move on to the the big guns before we get to the amateurs. There was uh, some uh, some calling out and some uh, um, accepting of the challenge and the fight. Uh, we're talking about Raz Hilton and Tyler King. Guys, uh, I didn't know anything about a backstory here with these guys. Uh, did you know anything about this, Travis? That's your neck of the woods. You know Raz. Uh, him and um, Chris are really good friends now. Talk about what you know and uh, what's going on with that. I don't know. Uh, Raz and, and Tyler have talked about fighting for a long time. It was one of those things where I think they always thought that their paths would cross. I mean, two six foot seven heavyweights coming out of the same region, um, both on the pro scene. That, that just seems like a logical matchup to begin with. So um, I know Chris thought that uh, Tyler was a little disrespectful towards Raz at, uh, at Premier um, before their fight uh, against Terrence Jean Jocks. And uh, I don't know. It's been one of those things that Raz has talked about. He's kind of had Tyler's name circled for the past couple months since he fought at Premier. Um, and, and I mean, really, re maybe longer. Um, but they, I, I know Raz's end, they've been talking about this 
and this is the fight that they want. They um, think that there's a little bit of disrespect behind Tyler's uh, chatter online, and Raz is one of those true martial artists that has respect for all people um, until you give him reason not to, and I think Raz has a reason not to at this point because of some of the stuff that happened behind the scenes at Premiere. Well, well, let's get to Tyler. I mean, Tyler is... (laughs) Tyler has a lot to say on a lot of things, a lot of posts. He's chiming in on all sorts of categories. But now, you know, fighting is open and um, he's looking to fight. I mean, as far as Tyler, I mean, when was his last MMA fight? Was it overseas? Was when was was it for Ryzen or when was his last fight? Yeah, Lars might know. I think it, it was. It hasn't been recent. Um, it's something that. Uh, he's, you see him doing a lot of BJJ tournaments and stuff like that, grappling tournaments. But um, uh, since his last MMA fight, I think it was the overseas. Yeah, it was, uh, it was his Ryzen fight. Um, when was that? Oh, I'm looking it up right now. That was back. Um, God. So he last fought in uh, May in the MMA bout. In May of 2019. So that was actually 2019 Unified MMA 37, whatever the hell that is. Uh, the Ryzen fight was actually back in 2017. Okay. So it's been a little while since that fight. But I remember at Premier FC um, seeing, um, you know, we were all cage side. I think it was Premier FC 30. And after the fight, uh, Tyler King made some sort of uh, motion towards uh, Raz. Chris. Sorrow saw the corner of his eye and, and made a point to go up and, and confront Tyler about it and kind of, hey, show some respect. I think that's where it's, a lot of it's stemming from. Um, yep. But it seemed like Tyler was almost trying to set up this fight back then with some of, some of what he was doing cage side. So uh, I'd like to see it happen. Do you think um, Tyler's – do you think Tyler's overlooking Raz and just thinking I'm picking Raz and picking on him and and calling him out because he thinks he can he he can get an easy win over him to get back in the in the game or is this something that he thinks is a challenge? What do you, what do you think? I think Tyler's I think Tyler is overlooking Raz. Um, I've seen Raz in the gym the past couple months striking with people. Um, he's been staying active. He and Chris have worked together hand in hand day to day, uh, for weeks during the quarantine. Um, Chris is actually staying at Rass's house this next week. They are hanging out next weekend with Jorgen DeCastro and Nick Gulliver. Um, these guys have kind of formed a little tight knit group of heavyweights and, uh, they're definitely feeding off each other. Um, Chris is trying to bring out the killer instinct that we've always hoped that Raz would eventually um i think with raz he respects the opponent so much that sometimes he didn't have that killer instinct to turn it on and i think he changed that in the brad lee fight and i think you would you would definitely have seen a different raz um with the brad uh with brad lee and having chris in his corner chris got him really pumped up for that fight so excellent yeah it's one of those it's one of those matchups where you know uh two big guys going at it you think it's going to be a slugfest? Whose chin holds up? You know, they've been out um, a few times. So whose chin can hold up? Does it turn into a grappling fest where they grind it out? You know, you see those uh, heavyweight bouts where you expect a slugfest, and all of a sudden uh, it plays out for 15 minutes on the mat. So 
regardless, um, there's definitely some momentum behind it. And somebody's going to make it, but um, not sure where. I know Premier would like to have it, but I'm not sure if Tyler and, and Karen see eye to eye. <laughs> no, no. If you're looking at the post, I mean, it's fun to watch the, watch the the comments go back and forth and and get back into that that game and the chatter again because there was a lot of good stuff going back and forth and um, you know as far as is the chatter going forward we know Tyler's gonna come heavy at um Raz and Raz is gonna stay as a gentleman as always and uh, stick to business and and do his talking in the cage where I'm hoping that it's around September when uh, Neff uh, Neff comes around I mean that's you want to fight Roz? Go up to his home and and fight him on his home turf in a in a in a big big uh, event for Neff, you know. And here, you know, here's the thing I think about when it comes to all these different states and how they're kind of rolling out and putting the things up differently. Um, who knows if Maine will let fights happen in September? I, I get a feeling that they might not. Um, Rhode Island, I'm not sure how CBS is handling it down there. I think the one state that will probably open up the quickest as would, would probably be New Hampshire. Does that mean some of these promotions start flocking to New Hampshire just to put shows on? Um, I don't know. But uh, who knows where it happens. It might be happening in the only state New England opens up and allows crowds of over, you know, 500 or whatnot. Well, guys. Yeah, I think Pat mentioned that on the CES uh, podcast last night that they would look into whatever state would allow them to promote first um, if they wanted to roll out a card as soon as possible. And he actually specifically mentioned it's New Hampshire being one of the first that they would look into uh, promoting in New Hampshire. Excellent. Nice. Well, we got two big, uh, huge fights to talk about when uh, you know the fights and uh, the cards start rolling. So, guys, tonight... We uh we're gonna talk a little bit about the amateurs because last week we uh we concentrated a lot on the pros. We didn't get to everything. I mean, there's a lot of people to cover, a lot of uh, a lot of rankings, a lot of divisions, uh, but we got to most of them. I mean, if we you know at the end of the show, you guys want to uh, uh, recap something we didn't talk about on the pros, we could do that. But let's try to get through the rankings in as much as we can as as far as them, guys. I have uh, a bunch of posters locked and loaded. As far as um, which guy, what, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to hit first? What what division you want to hit first in the in the amateurs and talk about them? Yes, uh, Travis, why don't you pick the first one? I think we should go with the flyweights. I mean, it's an interesting division, and I had some uh, some disagreements with some of the rankings. I guess um, I think some people should be ranked higher, so I think we should uh, talk about the flyweights. All right, so I got that up right now. Let me just blow that up a little bit here. Um, I can get it. You don't need to see all me. There we go. So um, a lot of excitement. Lars, I just got to congratulate you one more time on the great write-ups you've been doing, uh, the, the, the posters you've been putting up, and, and just really uh, putting the emphasis on each division and you know the top, the top 10 in there. Great write-up. If you want to see it, go to uh, NewEnglandMMA.org and uh, Lars is right up on all the divisions there. I think you got them just about all covered in the pro. I mean, uh, they're still heavyweight, I do believe. And then uh, you, you're going to start hitting the amateurs, which we're talking about tonight. Yeah, uh, we'll release the heavyweights tomorrow, and then we're just going to keep doing one weight class a day until we run out of them. 
um, gives us something to talk about. Um, the write-ups are fun. You know, it kind of has have you do a little bit of research and figure out what's going on. But you know, I think it's uh, it's content. You know, and people are reading it, so we're, we're happy for that. But it's um, I think this is something we'll probably do as we release new rankings. Uh, just a short write-up in each weight division. Um, you know, uh, one a day, something like that. So it's fun. Excellent, excellent. All right, well, here we go. Uh, as we know, Nate Russell from FAA. Uh, Tyler Randall. I, I'm not going to go through all. I mean, I don't have to read them all. But, uh, guys, what's your take on this? And, Travis, you talked about how uh, there was some a little uh, talk about here that maybe somebody should be ranked above someone else. Talk about uh, some of the feedback you got, and uh, let's let's go through it. I don't know. Um. This may just be my love for Cage Titans coming out, but I think Joe Poirier should be ranked number three over Caleb Austin in this. I am so high on that kid. The kid looks like a built 170-pounder at flyweight, which is absolutely mind-blowing. I don't know how the kid gets down to 125, but I don't see anyone in 125 out physical, uh, like being more physical than him. Being bigger, being stronger, I just don't see it happening. And to be an amateur with that much um, size on on the rest of your weight class, I think is a huge thing. He's shown um, some pretty good upstart, uh, and I'm worried about the rest of the flyweight division when it comes to that guy. Well, he was uh, he was set to fight Dave DeRayo for the amateur flyweight, which DeRayo was supposed to fight Jake Bagley, and Bagley got hurt, and then DeRayo was scheduled to fight Poirier, and then DeRayo got hurt, and then the shit hit the fan with the fucking coronavirus. So everybody kind of got out of everything from fighting for that title. You're saying Poirier should be three, uh, third. He's only 2-0. and oh. I think that could be what made him maybe held him up. And I was going to say before you even mentioned his name that He's two and zero, and he's ranked fourth, uh, which is pretty pretty remarkable. It re- it's, it's a good ranking for him, but I just—it's so weird. It would be like um, putting GSP in the in the bantamweight division. Like it's just what it looks like to me, just from what I've seen of him standing in the cage at Cage Titans. He is a big dude at flyweight, and if he can even come close to his athletic potential, he's probably going to be one of the top guys in the next couple months. Now, the Khalib Austin, I do believe um, the last fight he had was for Neff, the last card before uh, uh, the, the, the last card, basically before the premiere card. Khalib, um, I saw his fight. I was Cade's side. Kid's a, a gamer. Is this the same kid that had the controversial finish uh, that... Yes. All right, all right. So, you know... Could, so, yeah, he, he tapped out to James Ploss at NEF, and I believe John English was the ref, and John was more concentrated on the uh, face of uh, Caleb Austin than uh, the actual hand tapping, and he, and he tapped and got out of the the choke i believe it was a triangle and um yeah ended up winning the fight um that fight has been rematched or supposedly going to be rematched for september when they come back that's um something that a lot of people want to see a lot of people um have got on caleb austin's case about tapping out and not honorably uh 
taking a loss, um, even at a win. It's just, it's, it's hard to say. That's why I would put uh, Joe ahead of him um, because in my eyes, Caleb has lost a fight. All right. Uh, I yeah, got I think, um, go ahead. Gosh. I, I think uh, when I look at the flyweights, you know, one guy that I would say who's got the shot to do something at the next level, I'd circle Joe Poirier. I've seen his two fights, uh, cage side, and the kid's a beast for, I'm not sure how tall he is, but he's got to be at least 5'8", five, 5'9", five, that's big for a 125-er. And uh, his striking game is far beyond his 2-0 and amateur record. Um, so I look for him to make some moves, you know, no telling where he ends up at the end of the year. Uh, in terms of Kale Boston, I'm high on him as well. His game hasn't evolved as much as uh, Poirier's. He's more of kind of a wrestle first guy and wants to grind it out on the mat. Um, and in his, you know, four victories, his, you know, the fight, his opponents going into those fights are a combined record of 0-3. He fought three guys in their debut and beat them. One of them was that floss fight, that quote-unquote beat him. Um, so, you know, Austin's level of competition needs to go up. Uh, Poirier, I think, is heading in that direction. And, you know, you can't overlook the top two, uh, you know, Nate Russell and Tyler Randall. Um, I think Randall kind of has a similar issue where his uh, quality of competition uh, needs to um, need, needs to start to uh, he needs to start to fight some better guys uh, in order to get some some attention to uh, get up in the number one ranking. Well, there was some uh, there was some as soon as our rankings came out uh, with the flyweights, there was a lot of uh, discussion with Nate Russell and Tyler. They were going at it, uh, not not any disrespectful or anything. They were just. They, they would thought, hey, let's one and two, let's go at it. Now, Tyler, I don't know much about him. Is he, did he relocate? Is he a New Englander uh, native? Uh, t- tell me a little bit about him. And like, I don't know much about him at all. He's from Florida. Yeah, I think he moved to Vermont recently. I don't know too much about him either. I haven't, I haven't seen any of his fights live. Um, he's obviously got a good record. Uh, seems like he has, has some solid training down in Florida, uh, and now he's predominantly fighting, I think, Johnny Bush up in Vermont. Um, but he's another guy, you know, I'd like to see either come over to Maine or, de- or to New Hampshire or Mass to get one of those promotions and, uh, you know, fight some ranked guys to, to prove to us what he's got. Definitely. Well, that's what the rankings are for, is to get these fights going. I got Dave DeRayo asking a question. Dave DeRayo, as we know, was going to fight uh, Joe Poirier. He's asking what Joe Poirier's uh, <laughs> opponent's combined records are. I mean, they, they've only got a, one or two fights among them, too. You know what I mean? It's like Dave DeRayo's got a, uh, a few fights. Dave, Dave's been around. Dave actually fought Mitch uh, Raposo twice. Uh, to a decision as an amateur when nobody would fight Mitch. I mean, I got to give him credit. Dave's put on a couple of great, great performances. Uh, one at Cage Titans, which got him the title shot. And uh, I saw him knock someone out at ammo. And, uh, you know, another fight before that, he had very success, good success. You know, his only downfall was going against Mitch Raposo, really. Uh, talk a little bit about Dave. Uh, Dave, I mean, he's a little scrappy dude, but he fights uh, and trains with Matt Bissett. He's out of Team uh, Underdog MMA, and we know they uh, put on a bunch of killers from there. So do you think this is still a fight that is in the making, DeRayo and um, Poirier, or do you think something else might manufacture by the time cards come up? Who 
man, I don't know. That's a that's a tough one there. Um, I still would like to see. I I think a better looking fight would be Bagley against David. Um, the original matchup, I was pretty excited about myself. Um, a wrestler against a like a, a grappling submission type dude. Um, I thought that had all the makings of being a great fight when that was first announced. So, I mean, if Joe was going to step up and take on David, that's, that's cool and whatever. And I know that the, I get it. The record isn't, or the opponent's combined record isn't something I just look at Joe and I see his physical attributes. Um, and I don't know. I, I'm pretty high on him. I just, it's just hard to not be high on somebody with the physical appearance that he has at the weight that he fights at. Um, but Dave, Dave, I know he's, it's one of those things where he, um, he's become a veteran. Dave has, um, and he, he can fight any of these guys. Um, he can beat any of these guys on any given day. So, um, he has the right to kind of argue a little bit about his position on this list too, because he's been around, he's had, he's taken all the tough fights anyway. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I had Poirier in here with uh, a few of his training partners. Great kid. Very confident. Very, very confident, um, and he's a killer. Like you said, his <laughs> that kid, I mean, he's still growing, too, and to be able to get to that weight and be that size and that tall, man, that's that, that that's uh, that's someone to reckon with in the future there. So anyone else you want to talk about on here? Nate Russell, of course, is number one. Um, you know, anyone else on here as far as you want to you discuss or you want to move on? I just want to say one thing real quick. I know that uh, there was talk. We talked uh, briefly about the rookie Randall and uh, Nate Russell fight, but rookie also really has some interest in fighting Mr. Hamburglar Cormier. Really? So, uh, He'd he, he like to fight the Hamburglar. Dan Cormier's watching on Instagram Live right now, so he might have heard that. Dan Cormier, you, we got. Yeah, he has an interest in turning pro and fighting Dan. Is that right? Dan, we'll be talking. I'll be sending you a message. I don't know if he's still on uh, Instagram, but that that's that's nice to know. Travis with the beans. <laughs> Travis with the beans. All right, uh, next. You want to just go up the go up the weight classes here? You want to go to bantamweight? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's see what we got. Uh, let me move that over. Where I need a um, an engineer in the studio with me, even though I like doing this stuff. Uh, guys, did I tell you my new computer is fabulous? Did, did I tell you my new computer? Even though I did lose you, I don't know how I I know how I lost you. Somebody was calling me on Messenger while I have you on Messenger, which screws me all up. What's everyone call my fucking Messenger now? All right. Um, so do I have it up? Let me see. I got to see it on the screen. There we go. All right, Jeff Joy, number one. Cam Arnold, number two. Arthur Mapufu, number three. Tyler Randall, number four. And Shane Doherty, number five. All. Uh, well, there's at least two. Uh, they're all three title holders in there. We got Shane Doherty holds the um, featherweight title, I think, for um, for Cage Titans. Uh, who else we got in there? Cam Arnold owns uh, the Bantamweight for Neff, is that? And does he own another yep. one, too? Does he own two or just one for them? No, he owns just one. And Jeff Joy owns And Jeff Joy owns the Bantamweight for um the amateur Bantamweight for Cage Titans. Congratulations, Cage Titans, with uh 
some more bling around your uh, amateur fighter's waist here that we're going to be talking about. So, guys, as we know, we were supposed to have Cam Arnold against Arthur Mapofu, and uh, that was the fight to make. They both fought Jeff Joy. They both lost to Jeff Joy. And uh, that was the fight to make. We were looking forward to Cam Arnold coming back to Cage Titans with his maniacs. So uh, let's talk about this weight class, guys. Um, is this exactly where you think the weight class should be? Yeah, I, th I think this actually, you know, this top three comes out kind of exactly how I had him. Um, obviously, Jeff Joy was about to go pro, I think, at the last Cage Titan event. But obviously, since that fight didn't happen, we felt like it you know, it didn't make any sense to bump him up to the pro division yet. So by default, you know, he's the number one guy there, but probably won't be for too much longer once he uh, breaks into the pro ranks. Um, Cam Arnold is a killer. You know, we, we've seen one and two fight. It was a great fight. Um, Pofu is a stud. Um, so I like those three there. Uh, there's really not much argument, honestly, to go, uh, to go around there. Um, Shane Doherty. See, I, I just knew him as a as a as a featherweight. Um, do you know what's what's his activity as a bantamweight? I mean, he's only got fucking four fights. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm looking up his uh, recent fights. If I remember correctly, he had a bantamweight fight, maybe his second fight, and then the rest been featherweight. So he's still qualified in the division. But. Yeah. So what's gonna happen? I mean, I want to just let other people out because there's some people that. Some fighters that just made the rankings with the uh, the length of time, like the the criteria with uh, the the amount of time they have to fight within, and um, you know some of these fighters in their weight class. I mean, if they haven't fought in the in the weight class in a certain amount of time, I mean they're not going to be eligible to be ranked in that. So the next time we have rankings, I'm going to see. A, I mean, some of these fighters are going to fall off as far as uh, for inactivity or just not fighting in their weight class. So things are going to change down the line. And like we said, when we first put these out, I mean, uh, they're the, f the the first one. So things are going to be changed down the line, and uh, this is a work in progress. So as far as, um, you know, who is that? I can't see it. Lu uh, Lu Lucy. Who is Lucy? <laughs> you tell us. Is it like... <laughs> I don't. I don't know who John Lucy is. Do we know how John Lucy is? See that? He, uh, he's on the right. Yeah. Um. So back to Doherty for one second. So I just checked his. His. Uh, he's had three fights at featherweight. His first, third, and fourth. His second fight was at bantamweight. Um. That bantamweight fight was almost two years ago. So he's going to fall out of that weight class soon. And honestly, he's a big kid. I don't know if he can make bantamweight moving forward. Uh. So I think featherweight's his home, but. Uh, he's just stud. We'll talk about him when we get to that next division. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, I mean, we got stud. I mean, the this is our future right here. I mean, Jeff Joy, Cam Arnold, Adam uh Tyler Randall, Shane Doherty. I mean, they're all studs. They're all young, and they're all uh, finishers. I mean, they they finish. I mean, Arthur's been to decisions, but that's just because he's fighting the top top guys. I mean, he's fighting Jeff Joy and Cam Arnold. I mean, well, he hasn't fought Cam Arnold yet. Um, I don't I don't know about that fight. I mean, do you think, here we go again, do you think that's a fight that is the next one to make? Is it Cam Arnold against Arthur? Is that the fight set in stone? Is that the one that should be made next? Uh, regardless of uh, 
any other activity or any other names that popped up on this division? I, th I think so. Um, you know, they're already scheduled to fight. I think that fight makes a lot of sense uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, Cam Arnold always brings heavy hands. Uh, always an exciting fight. And same with Mumpofu as well. Like, he, he's fun to watch. So those two guys banging it out in the middle. Um, you know, I think that's a fight where Cam keeps it standing. He's got a chance to, uh, to knock out Arthur. If our, Arthur, Arthur doesn't want to play the stand-up game with Cam, um, if he can get it to the ground, that's where his best chance at winning that fight is. It's his best path to victory. Um, anything from you before we go to the next division there, Travis? I agree with Lars. You don't want to stand and bang with Cam Arnold. Excellent. Excellent. All right. And as we know, when he did fight Jeff Joy, he did get, Jeff did get clipped by him. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, and Jeff talks about the power and, and stuff. So you, you can't you you can't stand there with Cam unless uh, you know you're willing to take some damage. All right, so let me get to the next. Yeah, we actually said, I actually talked to Cam after he fought and knocked out uh, Walt Shea, and I watched a cage side with Chris Sorrow, and we know that Chris has the red right hand, and we were talking about that left hand that hit uh, uh, Walt Shea that night was was pretty impressive from that side. Awesome. All right. That was that was a scary knockout. That was uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen that one, go watch it. That's kind of a rigor mortis knockout that you go, oh shit, is he okay? He was fine, but uh, it shows you the power that Cam possesses. Um, you know, Cam's got a ton of talent. Um, I think as his fight IQ improves, he's going to improve immensely because um, he knows what his skill set is, and he's got to be very smart against who he fights and, and where that fight goes. Uh, I'm, you know, honestly, I don't know too much about Cam Arnold's ground game. That's that's one thing I haven't seen that much of. So, uh, until you know, he shows us some 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 chops on the mat. You know, he's he's a heavy-handed striker that's dangerous to anybody. But somebody that can wrestle and drag him to the mat, like Jeff Joy did, um, is, is that the recipe uh, to be Cam Arnold? Well, well it, it very well could be because his toughest title defense in NEF was against Killian Murphy from Nostos, who took him into round three before he got TKO'd. And Killian's a wrestler, heavy wrestling first type dude. Yep. So that's definitely the if, – if you're going to beat Cam Arnold, you got to get past the hands, close the distance, and drag him into deep water. And um, still, Cam, Cam can fight out of deep water too. That's, that's the tough part. Awesome. All right, so let's get to the featherweights. Where? Let me blow that up because I'm blind. And there we go. So, I'm I oh, Tom Pags. Who? I must say, um, you posted today, and I posted today that uh, Calvin Kata Kata is uh, fighting. He's actually headlining the July July fifteenth card. <laughs> <laughs> what is oh what is that wait what is that is, is that a is you giving that away this is a, this is just a shameless plug i saw that chris popped on in the conversation on the live feed oh so there I he is to give up there's chris chris has a date too right chris has uh they, they he has a date now yes he does excellent well july 24th bkfc 11 Excellent. Where's Tampa, that take? Florida. It's going to. It's in Florida. 
So we road, road, road trip, guys. Road trip. I'm in. Look at the look. Get some we credentials. Need All right, we'll we talk. Media pass. All right, we'll talk about this uh, uh, offline on our messenger. Yeah, offline, so my wife doesn't watch. <laughs> we can only fit three in the car. All right, so Tom Pags, who <laughs> is uh, is um, a Tyson Chartier guy. He is uh, a killer. He's a main training partner of Calvin. He does a lot. He trains at Burgess, goes to um, uh, Lausanne's a lot, and he's a dangerous, dangerous fighter. What are you thinking about this weight class? Because I see nothing but killers here. And there's one name on here that I want to talk about uh, that we'll talk about after we you know, go down the list or whatever. But, fellas, what are you thinking about the featherweight division in New England for amateurs? It's I deep, mean, man. if this is it, what's that? Yeah, it's deep. It's it, this is a uh, seriously deep division. Um, you know, uh, Pags has has improved immensely over the past few years since I've seen him fight. Um, he's training with the right guys. He, you know, he's one of those guys where he's got a wrestling base, but his hands have evolved pretty quickly in his in the amateur ranks, and he's beaten some guys standing up. And I think he's one of those guys where he's getting that confidence because he's training with these killers. And that confidence is translating in the cage. Um, he's another guy, just like Joe Poirier, the same body type, big, lean. He's got a serious reach, and he's well-rounded. Um, he's a guy to keep your eye on. I would hope to see him go pro soon um, and start working his way up. Uh, but he's got a shot you know, to get to that next level if he keeps on the on, on the, the progressive track that he's on right now. So he, he's a killer. And then number two, Shane Doherty. I mean, he's a stud. If I don't want to see Pags and, and Doherty fight. I think it's one of those things where you don't want to have the, guy, the top guys in New England continuously beating each other up because then maybe you don't get to that next level because you got a couple losses on, on your uh, record that's against some stiff competition. So I'd like to see, I at least don't want to see, you know, Pags and Doherty fight in the amateur ranks. If they're going to fight, wait till the pro ranks so we can see some elbows maybe. And, um, but yeah, and, and you can't overlook uh, York Anderson who had a pretty impressive performance against number four, Zach Richard at Premier FC 30. And he took home their uh, uh, featherweight belt uh, back in uh, early, late February, early March. So, you know, those top four are, are studs, but I see a, a pretty big gap between two and three. Uh, one and two are right neck and neck, in my opinion. Two and three, there's a little bit of a gap. Um, guys, the name that I want to bring up is this Dylan. Uh, how do you say his last name? Fellian. Fellian. This um, a lot of talk about this kid. This kid was is ranked number one on Tapology, and was ranked been ranked number one for a while. Um, I don't know much about him. Is this a Vermont fighter? What? Where is he from? And has he fought uh, the caliber fighters that like uh, Tom Pags or Zach Richards or or, or Tyreen De Silva has fought? Um, let's let's talk about this kid because there's I heard his name a lot and I looked him up and he's a tall, lanky kid and he seems like he's got a pretty good submission game and that's what he falls back on. Talk about him, Travis, because he seems to be up north, and uh, you know you might have uh, 
judge one of his fights over there, Lars. So talk about this guy. Anything you know about him? This is a tough one. Um, I, ex I expect him to fall straight out of the featherweight rankings once the rankings come out again. He was supposed to fight at Fight Night Promotions this coming weekend in a Muay Thai bout at 180 pounds. So um, I'm, I'm not thinking he's going to be making it back down to featherweight anytime soon. Um, he is a tall, tall, lanky kid, I believe, over six feet tall for a featherweight, pretty tall. Um, but, yeah, you're right about his submission game. He likes to, to throw up a lot of submissions. That's where he's had uh, – that's been his bread and butter. But uh, I don't know. I don't see him coming back down to featherweight. Um, I think uh, a fight to make here would be Pags against Yorick um, because that's a kind of a clash of styles. Um, Yorick's got some nice uh, stand-up, some um, – Moves well, uh, moves well on his feet, forward and backwards, and strikes well going at all angles. Um, he really showed uh, good takedown defense against uh, Zach in the, his fight against Zach. And Pags is a heavy wrestler, but he also uh, trains on the feet with Rob Font, so uh, his hands are getting pretty good, as Lars had mentioned. Yeah, Yorick uh, was outstanding at Premier. He looked crisp. He looked great. He reminded me of a... Uh, 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 Smaller Mike Bazanson, if if that's how you I you know I might have said his wrong. Sorry, Mike, um, but he had that he has hair. He has that no, just uh just his uh style. He had a flash. He had uh, a real good, um, almost like uh, it seemed like he had like a sports karate kind of background. Uh, the way he was standing and the way the way his striking was, uh, threw a lot of kicks in there and a lot of uh. You know, a lot of spin stuff, I must say. Yeah, he and Zach had fun in there that night. They both throw some spin and shit. Zach's in there to throw down. York was definitely going to return the favor. That was a, a good fight. I mean, um, there was some stalling points where Zach went for takedowns, went for single legs, went real deep on him that stalled a little bit. When that fight was on the feet and the grappling game up against uh, the cage and stuff like that, that was a great fight to watch technically. And, yeah, and um, I, I don't know a ton about York, but I did see that fight, and, you know, he looked like he was in great condition. He trains with uh, UG, uh, who's the number three-ranked pro middleweight down at Radical MMA in Manhattan. Um, but, you know, he, he's, you know, will he continue to fight in New England? You know, he's got the premier belt now, so I hope so. Uh, a couple other guys on the list that, I, you know, I think we should mention are number six and number seven, uh, Dan Shapiro. 3-0 from Lausanne MMA, and uh, Tyreen Da Silva, uh, he's 2-0. Both those guys have been impressive early on in their careers in the cage. And, um, you know, they got an opportunity to, you know, I don't know too much about Dylan Felion, but those two guys, six and seven, you could easily see them in the top three or four, uh, you know, within the next six to 12 months. Excellent, excellent. Adam ben, uh, Benderenko, he actually had a win over uh, uh, Mike Murray at um, at Neff, that last Neff there. Very impressive, very, very dangerous ground game on this guy. Uh, strong kid, trains with Manny Bermudez. He's out of um, South Shore. Um, I see him making some waves too. I see him coming up. Um, and, uh, you know, Randy Francis is a gamer. Randy Francis is a journeyman amateur fighter who
who throws down. He gets in there. I love Randy Francis as a kid, as a uh, just a dude on social media, very funny guy. And he gets in there and he, and he just throws down. I mean, the kid's a really good, good fighter. And someone like that, man, you know, his record's not impressive, but he's nitty gritty and he gets in there and he bangs. So someone like that, that might jump to the pros down the line in early 2021 is a dangerous kid, even though that is the amateur record doesn't show it. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, your amateur record doesn't carry over into the pro ranks. So who the hell cares, right? Um, you know, when I think of the amateurs, what you should be doing down there, you got to be honing your skills. You want to fight quality competition, but you don't want to take a beating. You don't want to tear on, on your body at the amateur ranks. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, Francis is one of those guys who will never say no to a fight. And when you get to the pro ranks, you kind of got to be more strategic about who you say yes and no to if you're trying to get to that next level and protect your record. Um, so I always love those guys uh, who will never say no to a fight. But, um, you know, this list is, is deep, man. The top two guys, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them under the big lights in the next three or four years. If they continue on, you know, the track they're on. I think Doherty trains out of uh, where's the U.S. MMA. Yeah, uh, I think he's down there, and uh, obviously Pag's got a great camp too. So Zach Richard, um, he's a guy who's got a lot of amateur fights under his belt as well. Uh, he should probably think about making the jump to actually get paid to get, um, you know, to get in the fight. So uh, he's he's a kid that he's got a ton of heart. He comes from a solid camp. Um, you need to see his striking evolve more for him to have success against upper tier competition in pro ranks. He's got a very good uh, top heavy wrestling game. I haven't seen much in the way of submissions, um, but he's got a, uh, his striking game needs to evolve in order for him to, uh, you know, to want to get to that, you know, major promotion type of level. Excellent. Um, just, I want to congratulate Tom Pags and Shane Doherty. They did graduate college this year. Uh, both on their way to the professional ranks out of the cage also. So congratulations to them um, and uh, proud of you guys. So go get it. Um, anyone else you want to talk there? Tyreen De Silva, of course, out of Triforce. Uh, guillotines, two of his, uh, his two wins, and they were both against uh, the identical twins and the Leighton twins there, which is a great story yeah. there. And now they train a little bit together because Tyreen does go to uh, Lausanne's. And, uh, you know, I love how that works out, man. You fight someone and then you go and train train with them and uh, get each other better. That's what it's all about. That's that's the, uh, the glue that's holding Chris and Rass's relationship together. They uh, Chris goes out and knocks Rass out, and now they're hanging out together on a weekly basis. That's one of the best things about the sport. Excellent. Well, let's get to uh, the lightweights uh, because uh, I guess we're halfway through it. So let's get to them. There's so many. I forget who's on what list. And oh. All right. Oh, another set of killers. All right. So. All right, guys, so who do we have here? Of course, we have Mo. Um, here we go. Al Kanani, Kanani, I probably said his name Al wrong. Um, who was supposed to fight Dion Rubio at Cage Titan? So many, so many yeah. 
belt fights were supposed to happen at Cage Titans that didn't happen. So uh, Mo was supposed to fight Dion Rubio. Um, who for? Who was his fight at, uh, against for the title before? Eddie George, who uh, is pro now. So that that mm-hmm. that was an open title, correct? Should be. Yeah, I think so. Vacant title. All right, guys, let's talk about this list. Uh, Romano Medina, who did beat Mo at one time. I don't yep. know if it was he at did. lightweight or was it was it at lightweight or was it at a catchweight? It was at uh, lightweight. All right. So um, that's interesting. I know Romano was uh, ranked number one at one time. Uh, he might be at Tapology, but I just think it's because Mo has been more active, uh, and uh, Romano hasn't had a fight in a while. I know he had a grappling match, I think, at um, Combat Zone not too long ago. But as far as MMA, he hasn't been very active. Yeah, this is one of those things where, like, you know, how is number one ahead of number two if number two beat number one? Um, but you get it. When it comes to the rankings, yes, it, it, it's about what you've done in the past. What you, but it's also about your potential and what we've seen in the cage from you, uh, and what we think you can do. And you know, Al Kanani has improved immensely since they fought. I think Ramada uh, Medina and Al Kanani fought like two years ago. Uh, Medina beat him by submission, uh, but since then Al Kanani's been on a tear. He's three and zero with big wins over John McAndrews and Chris O'Brien. Um, his stand-up game is is one of the higher-level stand-up games in the amateur ranks that you'll see. Um, he's also proven uh, to be able to deal with deep waters and um, be able to go into a, a fight and battle uh, with heart. So, kid's got the tools uh, to be successful at the next level. Um, and Medina, he's a stud as well. He's predominantly a grappler. Um, I saw him beat... Uh, he beat recently um but i did i think i was judging the fight where he where he beat um al kanani that was a hell of a fight mm-hmm. um but yeah he's also you know he beat eddie george via decision um so you know those two guys one and two i'd love to see a rematch but i think they're both at the point where they're probably about ready to make that leap to the pro ranks uh you know al kanani's up here in maine tra- uh, training on evolution athletics um He's, he's always fun to watch. Whenever I see uh, Al Kanani on a card, um, that's a fight I always circle as one that uh, you know you don't want to go take a piss for. So uh, both these guys, uh, two totally different games. You know, Al Kanani is predominantly a striker who, who wants to you know knock your head off, where Medina wants to drag it to the ground and submit you. Um, so, but both guys have a legit chance at um, some serious success at the next level. Excellent. Uh, Matt Binia, that was a triple champion there. He lost his belt to uh, his um, his uh, reality belt to Eddie George with that uh, that quick uh, TKO. Uh, he's been out of the game Flash for rocket. yeah, yeah. He's been out of the game a, wh- a while, but um, you know, he's <laughs> building houses. He's a big homeowner. Um, but I did talk to him. I think it might have been the last. Cage Titans event. He was at the after party and he talked about getting back in it. He just weighed about 190 pounds at the <laughs> at the time. He's li- he's he's living the life. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think of him as semi-retired. He's definitely flipping homes and stuff like that, which is cool as hell to watch on his Facebook. Um, 
but yeah, he's definitely going to be in the conversation after beating Obi um, at, at Cage Titans for the title at that time. That was a great fight. Um, another guy you got to mention in here is Nate Demule White. Yeah. Um, he, he, guy from NEF. Uh, he makes it number four on this list, and he deserve, deserves it. The guy will fight anyone, anywhere, two weeks' notice. Um, I mean, the one of the times he fought in NEF, he got uh, pepper sprayed the day before the fight or the day of the fight. It's just like he's he's. I don't know. I, I like Nate White. I like his attitude. Um, definitely a, a, a pro America type dude, and um, he's get on the mule train. That's all I gotta say. The mule train. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, looking at this weight weight class, you know. Fifth and sixth, you got Dion Rubio and Chris O'Brien, Zach Richard at, at seven. When you look at, you know, one through ten in their win-loss records, if you take out number eight, Chris Rooney, who's 12 and seven, you know, out of those other nine fighters, not, there's not a fighter on there that has more than two losses. Um, you know, you got seven and one, five and oh, six and two, five and oh, four and one, four and two, seven and two, three and one. So these guys, it's a deep division. Um, a lot of matchups to make here. Uh, I just I see number one and number two being kind of a uh, special breed that if you say, hey, who are, who are a couple guys on this list that you think could uh, get the call from one of the major promotions it's, you know, in, the, in the next three or four years, those two guys are the ones who stick out to me. But regardless, you know, uh, all these guys on this list have, have legit records. So um, it's deep. Excellent. Yeah, totally. Uh, shall we move up? Uh, probably running out of time here. Um, okay, let's get to the welterweights. We're probably not going to be able to go through everything. But as we as we actually get to the heavyweights and the light heavyweights, we don't know too many because they, most of them fighters are like from the Vermont and uh, up north eating, eating um, moose and stuff like that. I mean, these guys are huge. They're huge from up uh, Vermont and stuff. And Vermont definitely has the uh, light heavyweight heavyweight uh, divisions unlocked. Yeah, not not that there's um, anything wrong with that. I'm yeah. not talking shit. I'm yeah. saying that you know we need heavyweights and light heavyweights. Fucking keep breeding them up there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me get this up. All right, so we have uh, welterweight up here, which I did talk about Mike uh, Bazanson, who is a hell of a kid, a hell of a fighter. Uh, what's he? Um, is he, is he the Neff and the um, Combat Zone champion, uh, welterweight champion? Yep. Yeah, he's Neff and Combat Zone, 170 champ. Um, Bazanson is probably one of the, the, probably the most exciting fighter to watch in the amateur ranks. Um, I don't think we've seen his ground game tested at all because his stand-up is so effective and he... Uh, he's been in some wars, and when you talk about spinning shit, you know, he throws some cool spinning shit and kicks from everywhere. Uh, he probably had some of the best kicks um, in New England, regardless of amateur or pro. And um, I like to see his hands evolve a little bit more. He doesn't, he doesn't throw his hands enough with those kicks, but I think that will come in time. Uh, but we haven't seen him, you know, fight uh, a wrestler who can get him to the ground and, and kind of grind him. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But Bazanson, um, also the kid's a hell of a skateboarder. I'm not seeing if you've seen some of his shit on Facebook, but Jesus Christ, this kid can skateboard too. Um, but the kid's a stud. You know, he trains up in New Hampshire under Greg Williams at Kaze Dojo. Um, 
he made uh we did a little special on him in his fight with taylor mears at combat zone which is one of the best amateur fights i've seen in a long time um and you know he made a statement to me that he's got two belts and two different promotions right now he wouldn't mind going up to 185 and getting another belt in the amateur ranks uh so we'll see but uh you know he, he's a guy that i uh regardless of what promotion he's fighting for i'll make sure i'm there to watch it um carlton charles uh says Carlton's right i was gonna i was gonna correct lars after this uh duncan is the nef uh 170 pound champion um but uh bizanson is definitely the combat zone champion and i'm just as high on bizanson as uh lars is um and another guy i'm high on we saw him at premiere is cameras nisky um super athletic dude um we won the premier championship at 170 pounds against uh uh almastica yes and uh he he's a guy that i think is somebody to look look forward to um and it's funny because uh, Mo Al-Kanani comes in at six here, and, I, and I've said this before. I believe, Lars, this will bring back memories for you. I've always wanted to see Bizanson and Mo um, just exchange some hands. I well, think that'd be well cool. I think Al only fights at 170 because he can't get any fights at 155. So I think he, you know, that's a heavy weight class for him. So he might, the advantage probably will be Mike because Mike's a big dude, man. He doesn't... When talking to Mike, Mike says he doesn't cut that much weight to get to 170, but when you look at him, he's a solid, solid kid. And I just think, you know, he's going to be a, the bigger fighter in there. I think Moe's more uh, geared at the, the, the lightweight and staying, staying toward there. Uh, another name I want to say on there is, um, you know, I got to give my buddy there, Dave Sparrow, uh, a shout out because Dave Sparrow isn't he the combat zone? Um, he's isn't he the combat zone amateur, a uh, welterweight champion? Didn't he beat Duncan Smith for that belt? He beat Duncan. He beat Duncan Smith for the belt, and then he retired technically. Um, but you know, who's really retired as an amateur fighter? <laughs> Dave's got a gym. Um, Dave's in there training every day. Um, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. He's obviously getting up there in age. But he's been around Combat Zone. If Combat Zone came knocking, I have a, I have trouble thinking that Dave wouldn't wouldn't go at it again. Well, that wouldn't be a. I mean, you know, Dave is a, a grappler by nature, a BJJ guy. So there's your guy that could test Mike, uh, with that grappling style if he can get inside and and avoid them kicks and them hands. You know what I mean? So that's an interesting fight. I don't know what Mike is looking for. I know he was, um, you know, he was interested in the Mo fight. Uh, you know, but Mo had the 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 Dion fight. Uh, you, I mean, you got Duncan Duncan Smith in there again. I mean, he lost against Sparrow, but he's still a, a champion at, at Neff, and he's still a, a gamer, and he's still a great a great amateur fighter. So there's some potential to go on over there. And that Cameron, when you talked about Cameron uh, Travis, didn't he throw uh, Chris halfway across the cage? Yeah, man. I... <laughs> He was he had the foot on the gas pedal the entire time. He was coming for the kill, coming forward, and uh Chris was is a veteran. I think he's got I think that was like his ninth uh amateur fight and um only the third I believe for Cam, but Cam just out athleticized the dude. Uh was all over him and, and there was not a whole lot that uh Chris could do to mount any type of offense. 
Awesome. Um, you got Nate White again on this list. I know his last fight, I I believe, was welterweight, uh, and that was like a late notice fight, correct? Yeah. It was that against. Uh, that was against Costco. Yes, it was against Costco. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, Nate White's one of those guys. He's got a he's got a great record. His quality of opponent isn't, isn't that good, and it's probably what's holding him back a little bit. Um, I know NEF's trying to build him up. Um, and I think they've done a good job of that. It's now time for him to step up and start start facing some legit competition, uh, and maybe somebody who's ranked on one of these lists. Uh, and, and to circle back on, you know, the Sparrow Bizanson kind of matchup, how that'd be interesting. You know, when I think about it, Bizanson, he seems to be a, a lot bigger than than Sparrow is. Um, you know, Bizanson succeeds when he stays on the outside. He has his distance. He uses his kicks. Um, and he stays at range. Uh, and in the combat zone cage itself, it's a lot bigger than, say, like the NEF cage. You know, Bizanson had a little trouble with Jason Landry and NEF, the NEF cage, because it's so small and he doesn't have much room to kind of work and, and escape. So, you know, I think Sparrow's got a much better chance of beating Bizanson than like an NEF cage than a bigger cage like combat zone. So, something to think about. Yeah, I was actually having nightmares last night about cages and, and the sizes of the cages when we started talking about Tyler King and Raz Hilton, thinking <laughs> that that could happen in the mini cage at NEF just scared the <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> the wingspan. The wingspan on them gentlemen. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right, guys, we got to move on, uh, which it, it's going to be easier now because we don't know a ton of people in these fights in these next categories. And uh, what's interesting is in, in the middleweight, there's a couple of fighters there that are going to be dropping off the rankings. They, you know, one or two of them are, are almost over that limit of, uh, you know, our criteria in the, in the fight, the fight, you know, the fight time there. So um, let's get to middleweight. Yeah, this is some of the trouble you run into, these uh, divisions being so light in, in New England. Um, not a whole lot coming out of New England north of 170 pounds. So we fall into that, what we talked about last week, where we had the women um, pound for pound ranked. Um, if we could still continue to do a pound for pound for middleweight through heavyweight uh, amateur, it would be one thing. But you can't really compare uh, guys that are 80 pounds difference uh, on paper, really. Excellent. All right. So where are we? Where do I got it up there? Here we go. Guys, um... You know, I, I know like five, four, four people on this name, on this list. I know St Stephen Kimball, uh, who's been doing good work for Cage Titans. Um, Pete Haler, who's only had one fight, but uh, he fights out of Lausanne's gym there. And uh, he's he's got a wrestling background. Very, very, very tough kid. Uh, and who else we got here? Yeah, that was the, that was Hyler and Crowley. One of the best fights in Cage Titans history. Oh, that's right, uh, Kylo. Uh, he was he was a little hurt in that fight, and he came back and uh, and took him out. Correct? Yeah, that was that was an awesome fight. You know, I don't know much about uh, Spencer Payne. Um, I've never seen him fight. Uh, and then I don't even want to butcher his name, but Ojukwu. Uh, I think he's a South Shore guy. Uh, he looks the part. I've seen Jeff Reynolds fight. He's at number three. Uh, yep. He fights at a triumph uh, with you know Dennis Olson and some of those guys. Uh, he's 
he's he's legit as well. And and Haler obviously he's only got one fight, but I think he's getting ranked at fourth more so in terms of potential and where he's training uh, and who he's training around. He hasn't been very active, so not sure uh, what's going on with that. But um, you know, uh, we'd like to see him back in there because he's got the wrestling base, and we all know that is you know probably the most important aspect of uh, being a successful MMA fighter. Well, I did. He did have a fight scheduled true. for Cage Titans, and that fight fell through. His uh, opponent, like maybe a, a couple of weeks out, fell through. So uh, he has been looking for fights. He's looking to stay busy, but it just uh, luck hasn't been on his side. Well, that's the problem with some of these divisions being not so deep in New England. It's hard to make these matchups. Um, it's just there's no one to fight at 85, really. Exactly. I mean, that's, you know, there's not much to talk about here. Uh, we don't see much going on. I mean, you know, it's, it's Kimball, I think, has been uh, probably the most active out of all of them. I think he's got a couple of fights recently, his uh, most one, uh, recent one being for Cage Titans. So, um, yeah, it's tough. We got to get this uh, division going. How do we do that? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think Kimball ever makes it down to middleweight. If I've seen him recently. I don't think he ever fights lower than light heavyweight again if he fights again. Um, I can say that because his sister is my wife's best friend. Oh. So, I, so I know them on occasion. Um, and yeah, I don't think he's making it down to 85. <laughs> well, he is, on the, he is on the light heavyweight list too, is he not? Yeah. All right, yeah. then. So, uh, your prediction is probably 100% accurate right there. <laughs> oh, my God. Here we go. So, is he from Maine? Is he a Maine dude? Uh, yeah, he actually went to high school at Marshwood High School in Elliott, Maine, where I graduated. He was a couple years behind me, his sister. Um, it's weird. Like, I used to, they were on my bus in middle school, junior high school. Um, so, I've known Stephen for quite a while. Awesome. Um, well, here we go. Uh, that same dude on from South Shore. Who? Uh, this was the guy that I was talking about. His last uh, last fight, I think, was in uh, November of 2018. So uh, he's going to be falling off the list, definitely, most most definitely, unless he gets in, he gets in there and fights again. But um, Yuri Panferov, this dude is. Uh, is a future champion, I think. This kid yeah. is legit killer. Uh, he's also got a um, a boxing background. He um, he fights with uh, Andrew. Car uh, how do you say his last name? Cotterelli. Yep. Calandrelli. Calandrelli. Yeah. yeah. I get him and Remo's uh, last names mixed up. It's yeah. A bunch, a bunch of Italian names down there near Providence. Um. So let's talk a little bit about this. I know. Three or four of the fighters. I know um, Daniel uh, Mola, who just fought uh, Mr. Jacobs there from uh, Lozon's camp. A great fight there. I mean, uh, Jacobs had him in danger and uh, back and forth. Uh, you had a judo master against uh, the Brazilian uh, black belt, right? Those are the guys that I had circled on this list too, Steve. Um that was such an awesome fight. Uh, definitely the tale of two two styles there. Um, it, it, to to look at these two guys on the street, if if you had to choose a sidewalk, you'd probably choose Andrew Jacobs' sidewalk over Daniel Mola's if you were walking down a dark alley. Yeah. 
Uh, Andrew Mola is a beast. I mean, sorry, uh, Daniel Mola is a beast. But uh, Andrew Jacobs uh, hung in there with him, um, tested his chin, um, but it, it was just a matter of time before Daniel got the, I believe it was a toehold or, or something along those lines, got it to the mat um, where he where he thrives. Uh, Daniel also has the uh, distinction of training with Mr. Tyler King, who we, who we talked about earlier. Um, so these guys are two uh, BJJ specialists that are training together, two heavyweight guys, light heavyweight guys in that area. Um, so these guys can definitely feed off each other. That That's dangerous to have a, a, a black belt, uh, you know, big dude like that who's dangerous, who could take some shots. He took some damage from uh, Jacobs. And uh, he weathered the storm, and he looked for that, you know, looked for that limb, which he yeah. looked for the whole, basically the whole fight. You knew he wanted to, that. That was his game to get him down. And uh, you saw uh, Jacobs toss him a couple of times too, but we didn't want to have anything to do with getting on the ground with him. And when it finally hit, you know, uh, Daniel took a little hold of that leg, man. And it's tough to get off uh, a light heavyweight when uh, he's got all his limbs on that one limb of yours. Yeah, um, that was a great fight. Um, you know, Mola impressed me. Uh, was that his first fight? Yeah, it was. Um, and it was, you know, to, to see what he did in that in that cage Titans cage uh, was was pretty impressive. So he's, um, you know, four and five are definitely two to circle on this list. You know, I've uh, I've actually never seen Yuri fight live, uh, but uh, he's got a legit record and has fought some pretty pretty solid guys. Um, and then, you know, Vermont pretty much owns the bottom half of this list. And I don't know much about those guys at all. With the exception of Ben Murtiff, who trains at first class MMA with John Rayo. And I think this guy could be another guy. If you get, uh, Yuri turning pro, um, I think Ben Murtiff could, uh, make his way into the top five here, uh, with another victory. I think he plans on coming back to NEF, uh, and fighting as soon as that allows, um, so I look for Ben Murtiff here um, to to start climbing these ranks. He's I'm two or three, three and zero, oh, I believe. Good dude. Trains with John Rayo. I've met him a few times. Talked with him. Uh, I think he's going some places. He's a big dude. So you, uh, Laz, you mentioned like as like we don't know either. Like some of these guys, uh, you know, from like seven to ten. A lot of them are Vermont fighters. Where are they fighting from? Uh, fight night promotions and Donnybrook like what is that is that the promotions they do most of their work at yeah those are the, those are the two promotions up in Vermont that most of these guys fight for um they're actually supposed to have been a fight uh this Saturday uh for fight night promotions and that got nixed um kind of last minute some drama going on there but you know, you know, I'm glad to see that these guys in Vermont are getting fights. Um, you definitely want to make sure they're taken care of and they're safe and they're doing the right, you know, protocols and whatnot. Vermont is not regulated by the state. So, you know, but um, we'd love to see some of their better talent, you know, come down to some of the, uh, the bigger promotions and, and test their skills because you hear a lot of chirping, uh, you know, from the Vermont guys getting dis disrespected on these rankings. But the bottom line is, that the guys who are higher in the rankings than them have fought better competition um, and bigger promotions. Uh, and a lot of us have seen them a lot. You know, we haven't gotten up to Vermont too much. And that's one of our goals is to get up to Vermont and see some of these guys in person. 
Um, but um, yeah, so it, it's not, obviously what you get up to these uh, heavier weight divisions, it's not super deep, um, but all it takes is a guy like, you know, Yuri Panferov to, to make his mark on the next level uh, and make us all proud. So it's, um, you know, outside of Yuri, uh, you know, four and five are definitely two to watch and six as well with Murtiff. Uh, and then hopefully we can catch some of these, you know, bigger Vermont guys here in the near future. Excellent. Well, I I give Yuri. Uh, I say in 2021. Uh, well, he's got he's going to be pro very soon. But in 2021, big things for that kid. He's a he's great on the ground. His hands are solid, and uh, he's a big, powerful dude. And he and he trains at a fabulous camp. So um, I like the kid. He travels all around the you know the world, and 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 he's very. Uh, I don't know. He's just he's just a really good kid to talk to, and uh, I would like to see good things out of that kid. So, all right. So, our last, um, we did cover the women's amateur last um, last show, I think. Yeah, we, we did. We were all them. Yeah. All right. So, let's go to heavyweight, and uh, we can call it a night. And this is another tough one. Um, same thing. You got some Vermont guys here. They're eating uh, the moose up there, all beef all the time. Uh, <laughs> all Jerry's all the time. <laughs> all Betty Jerry's all the time. I, yeah. I don't think they believe in cutting weight. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so guys, uh, oh, Daryl Andrews is watching. How, how He's... nice. Where that's the only one of the only names I know on this list is Daryl Andrews, who fights out of South Shore, who made his amateur debut at the last Neff show. Which um, he was supposed to fight at the Cage Titan show. Um, that was uh, when was that in April or whatever. So let's go through some of these. I know one of them, but I know another one just by seeing online today um, or yesterday. Fight Night Promotions owner. He's he fights too. Yes. Uh, yeah, Randy Felion. Um, is their Fight Night Promotions promoter. He's like 11 and 13 as an amateur uh, fighter. Um, he's a grappling guy. Uh, he's fought a bunch for his own promotion. He's fought a bunch for some other promotions. But, uh, yeah, 22, 23 fights as an amateur. So he's on this list. Is his brother the Afro kid? No, but they hang out. I, I, don't, I don't believe they're related, um, but... It's Vermont. Uh, my, my dad's from northern New Hampshire. <laughs> this is northern Vermont. Who Come on, they're related somehow. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so he's um, Fight Night Promotions. Has he ever fought for Donnybrook? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I don't know. I, those guys got some drama going on, so if he did, I don't think he will be fighting there again. All right. Um, yeah. All but, right. Uh, I don't know. They're pointing fingers up there about... Who's uh who's dropping a dime on who and you know yeah you know it happens between promotions sometimes you know what I mean you know it happens all right so, so I had I had I had two guys on this list I wanted to discuss real quick all right cool everyone everyone knows that I I really like the guys from first class MMA so Bryce Bamford uh number one uh first class guy that's that's pretty cool and then uh, I remember Max Lombardo from uh. Uh, Premier FC, he beat the brakes off Gage Capen. Gage was a uh, Vermont guy who came to uh, 
Massachusetts to fight Max. Um, and Max was supposed to return the favor and go fight for one of the Vermont promotions. Um, but it looks like that's going to go by the wayside. But Max uh, Lombardo, um, I think he could he could do some stuff here at, at heavyweight in um, the amateur ranks. Excellent. Wow. I mean, you got two guys. It's it, it's 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 tough when you have when you're ranking guys and they're only one and zero. You know what I mean? It, it's it, it that shows you how thin the pool here is at heavyweight and light heavyweight and some of the other divisions. But um, I like Daryl Andrews. I mean, um, just from what I've seen and coming out of the camp that he is. You know, anyone that trains with Manny Bermudez, uh, Joe Giannetti, you know their gamers. You know they're getting really good, great work there. The kid's a heavyweight. He made his amateur debut at Neff. Uh, he basically destroyed the guy for three rounds, uh, knocked the guy down, and just grappled the hell out of him with a lot of ground and pound. And uh, impressed me. I mean, for a heavyweight and a move like that and have also a, a pretty um, dominant ground game like that and to be able to move like that, for a big dude, man, uh, I was impressed. And, uh, you know, especially a guy from South Shore that I'm probably familiar with. I had my eye on him, and I got to interview him, and uh, I kind of grown to like the kid, even though he's 1-0. and uh, I got to keep my eye on him, and he made the rankings at, uh, you know, number six being 1-0 and and a heavyweight. Yeah, th you know, this was, um, obviously, these are turn away classes. We were initially only going to rank the top five in light heavyweight and, and, and heavyweight. But we decided, you know what, I think we had 10 to 12 guys that were eligible to be ranked in both weight classes. Um, and that was pretty much the entire division in, in the region for both those weight classes. So uh, we figured, you know, let's rank all 10. Let's give some people to t something to talk about. And, you know, these rankings will change very easily based on some activity. Uh, and hopefully we'll get that out of these guys here uh, in the next, the, the later half of 2020. Excellent. Um, well, guys, uh, another hour and a half in the books here, talking rankings. Um, you know, all in all, Lars, what's it been, a week and a half? Has it been two weeks or is it a week and a half since we released, released the rankings? How long has it been? Uh, it's been a week and a half. Yeah. What's, uh, what's the overall, uh, you know, What's the what's the scorecard here? What's uh, what's your take on it? I mean, I know you've been talking to a lot of people, and uh, we've been seeing a lot of posts, a lot of shares, and a lot of people that didn't even know that these rankings were going on, and all of a sudden, boom, they're number one, and 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 they're back training and and with a fire under their ass, man. So, uh, what what's the report card on uh, New England MMA and their rankings? Um, yeah, honestly, uh, since we released the rankings, uh, the website traffic's been great. Obviously, this is what people want to talk about the most. And I think it's probably because we haven't had rankings in so long. Uh, but I also think that these are legitimate. Um, we've heard, uh, you know, many other people in New England MMA talk about these rankings. And most of them said they look pretty good. You know, there's always going to be some debate in the rankings. But, um, you know, we should be proud of what we've produced here. There was a ton of effort and a ton of data that went into compiling these, um, but they're accurate. We're getting a lot of chatter. And, and just think about if we didn't have this stuff to talk about right now, what would we be talking about? There wouldn't be any discussion about matchups. Boynton and Bissette probably aren't going on a CEF podcast. Um, 
uh, Ross Hilton and Tyler King probably aren't chatting on Facebook. So it's generating buzz during a time when we have nothing going on, uh, which is great because it's keeping people interested. It's starting to build some hype around these shows that are coming out. And hopefully these promotions can capitalize on this momentum and start matching these guys up and help use our rankings when you're promoting these fights. Uh, can't hurt. Everybody, there's a lot of fans out there who don't follow this sport as closely as we do. And when they go see a regional card, they a lot of times don't know who's fighting who. If they go and they pick up uh, the fight card and they see number one versus number two or number one versus number four, they're like, oh, that could be a really good fight. You know, so even the casual fan will benefit from having a number next to these guys' names. Um, you know, so it, it's awesome. And, and, and this, is, uh, this is something that I think we needed. Um, it's obviously creating a lot of buzz. And the goal of this was to create that buzz and to get people talking some shit and wanting to get some fights. And I think that's what we're getting right now. So I couldn't be happier with how it's going so far. Um, Travis, out of you, anything? Yeah, no, as many of uh, you people that are probably watching this know, we were supposed to release our website around the Cage Titans event um, in early April. And that was going to be our coming out party. And, um, you know, we decided that we couldn't hold on to what we had uh, any longer. We didn't want to hold our hand. We wanted to show what we had been working on and what we had accomplished. And um, it was a little bit slow at the first, you know, the first couple articles released, the first couple podcasts and stuff, it started slow. Um, but I think this rankings thing has done a lot to shine some light on our website, um, show the people that we're, we're here to stay and that we're doing this for the fighters. We're doing this for the fans and the promotions. This should be a tool in your tool bag when you try to promote yourself, both on social media, as a promoter, a fighter, a coach, anything like that. This should just be a tool in your tool bag, and we are happy to provide it for you, and we are happy that we're getting the traction that we are getting from this. Excellent. Well, what we're going to be trying to do in the next you know, few podcasts until uh, some action gets going, we can maybe get a couple of the fighters on, like I got you two guys on, and we can have them debate why uh, one will beat the other, or you know, we can maybe have three or four fighters on at the same time and see who wants to fight who, or... Get a mini uh, tournament going, or just get the chatter going. I mean, uh, like you said, these 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 rankings got got some fire under butts and got people kind of uh, knowing where they are and knowing where they they need to be or want to be and uh, who they need to take out to get there. So, uh, you know, anyone out there, you want to come on the show? If you're on these rankings, you want to talk about them. You think you should be above someone else? You want to fight someone because you want their spot? Let's get you on here. I mean, it's easy. We're here every week, and uh, you know. I think we need to get Tyler and Rass on the show. Well, we talked about that. Possible. Well, we talked about that today. That uh, we got to reach out to those two guys, Raz and Tyler King. You want to come on next Wednesday night or some night that uh, you, I can get you both on here. I'll get you in a group chat, and we'll get you on here, and uh, we'll give you both uh, both uh, air time to uh, air it out. So uh, we're here for you. <laughs> Yeah, that might be yeah, a tough thing to have them both on live because Raz is so respectful and Tyler has no filter. So that would be yeah. I mean, it could cringe worthy. It could be a grip make for a great show. But I know um, Raz will come on here with the utmost respect for Ty for Tyler and what he what he has to do. And Tyler just doesn't give a shit. Well, I can I can. I will, well, that's what he that's what he's all about. Well, I so can. Tyler, I, I, has I, his own I can mute Ty Tyler if he's getting out of hand, or you know, I can like put the Jeopardy time clock up there. I'm not about him getting out of, out of hand. That makes for a good show, but um, they're just two different guys, yeah. different ends. 
spectrum. And it's not that Tyler doesn't have the respect for the sport because he does. He's just a fucking goofball. And that's why a lot of people love him. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's what I'm working on next. I, but if we want to get it, anyone who wants to come on here, any two fighters, or you want to come on the show, you're on the rankings, you want to talk about your rankings, get in touch with me on Messenger. Uh, I can Skype you in now. I can Messenger you in now. I know how to do a bunch of shit. Um, guys, I think I figured out how to have, uh, I can hang up on you and have someone else call in and still keep the feed going. I'm learning little things as we go, guys. As we, we go. We might need that when Tyler King comes on. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to reconnect, unconnect, reconnect. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, last thing, any <laughs> shout outs? Anyone uh, you want to say thank you to? Anything like that before I let you go? Uh, no, Jake, just thanks to the, uh, you know, everybody who's been chattering and giving feedback on the rankings. It's, uh, it's been well received and we love it. Let's, let's get going. Travis, anything? Uh, yeah. Um, as always, I'll shout out to my barber, um, Roland's old school barbershop in Kittery, Maine. And I'll shout out to the Canna Bio Group. Couldn't, couldn't have met a nicer group of people over there at the Canna Bio Group. Um, and a little message for these New England heavyweights that are getting together this weekend. It looks like Friday night. I'm going to be coming to crash your party. Chris Sorrow, Roz Hilton, Nick Gulliver, and Jorgen DeCastro. I'm coming up to crash your fucking party. Awesome. Take a fucking interview and do something down there with these guys. Get some video. Get some video. Get some video. All right, guys. I got to go because I got to work at uh, 4 in the morning. I'm, uh, you know, I'm essential still. I'm still essential. Uh, and that's my story. So from the room podcast, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I get, it was a great podcast, man. We talked all about the amateur rankings, giving everybody love out there. Uh, next week, I don't know who's going to be on the show. It could be Roz and Tyler King. It could be Roz. It could be, uh, who knows who's on next week. So we'll figure it out and we'll get out there, but make sure you join, follow newenglandmma.org all over the place it's all about buy a t-shirt buy too. A t-shirt. let's go yeah we want to get new t-shirts we want to get rid of the 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 toilet ones and get other ones in there so yeah the more you buy the more we can print awesome all right guys thanks so much for coming on don't hang up on me because i want to say bye to you uh before i let you go all right later people